On today's show, we go over a few key takeaways on some of the books that we read throughout the year of 2016. Guys, please let us know your recommendations. We only read maybe five, eight, ten books a year, so they all have to be good. Let us know your best ones. Comment right below. Broadcasting live from our Columbia, Maryland headquarters, they are founders of Hard Money Bankers, REI360, and are international bestsellers with their book, The Whiteboard. Here are Chris Haddon and Jason Bailey. Hey everyone, Chris and Jason here in our office doing one of our final shows of the year. I guess we got maybe one or two more. Um, today we are talking about our favorite books of 2016. Doesn't mean that they were written in 2016, but we happen to read them <laughs> this year. And we have a few good ones. Yeah, hopefully you guys as well have a reading list. And if you can comment below with some of the great books that you have read in 2016, share it with the group, share it to the community. Um, there's always a common thing that goes around here that we share some of the books that we've read between us, some other business partners that we have, people in the staff, because it's there's a lot of books out there, right? And just because it's a, a good book with a real author doesn't mean that, you know, it, it actually has good substance to it. So, you know, time is valuable, and some of these books do take a lot of time to either read or listen to them. So if you have good books to share, please do. We're going to share a few with you right now. Yeah, that's a really good point, because my reading list functions all on recommendations from people who know. Because, the, I mean, the reality is I don't read 50 books a year, like some people do. I don't read one a week. My goal is always to read 12, and I usually end up around 8. So those 8 need to be hot. You know, they yeah. need to be good because I only have so many in, in a given year. Um, starting off with the first one, we both read a gigantic thousand-page book that has changed a lot of things for us in business and finance and everything else um, called The Snowball. Uh, it wasn't written by Warren Buffett, but it was written about him. I don't remember the author's name right now. Um, Alice something. Alice something. But it was, it was huge and long, his whole story, many, many years, <laughs> um, and all the awesome things that he's done in business, and it had a profound impact on the both of us, the way we, we think about finance, mainly. What were your key, two key takeaways, or one key takeaway? I have some as well, but do you have any that you remember? Well, I'll probably go with one that we say all the time that's probably stealing one of yours, too, <laughs> um, which is, I don't want to lose or spend this $100 because this $100 is about to be 1000 yeah, so Warren Buffett always had a philosophy that every dollar in his pocket was worth 10, 10 times that tomorrow. Not necessarily tomorrow, but down the road, 10 times that, with compound interest and appreciation and, thing, and, things, and things like that. And that was very important to him. So it was a good way to look at it, because a lot of people, you know, they may overlook, hey, five bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks. Like, what's that real number before it turns to be like, what makes a lot of sense to you? So like 1,000 bucks. So let's say you're flipping a house and you're $1,000 off budget. To him, like he would go absolutely crazy because that thousand dollars is really being ten thousand dollars off off budget because that's what you know a thousand dollars today is worth ten thousand dollars in the future, and that actually kind of leads me into my key takeaway because we've been really kind of on our finance game in the last twelve months or so, and it's related to compounding interest and really the effect of what compound interest can do of of how you know a dollar or call it like a thousand dollars in an account right now, and. Let's just use the rule of 72. So you divide your interest rate by 72, and that determines how many years it takes to double your money. So for instance, if you're getting a 10% return on your money, take that, divide that by 72, the rule of 72, and then every, every seven or 7.2 years, that, that money doubles. So if you have $10,000 in a savings account right now, and it's 
earning 10% or into some sort of investment vehicle, rental property, private notes, living houses, whatever that case is, you're doubling your money in seven years. Seven years is not that long from now. Think about where you were seven years ago. It was, sure. it was yesterday, so tomorrow is gonna be seven years before you wake up, and that's just at a 10% return. As us active investors, we're getting some higher rate of returns on some of those things. So the compound interest really hits home, and that was the rule, and that's what the snowball Mm -hmm. The book, The Snowball, was anyways. It just gets larger, larger, larger compounds. He was investing in businesses. He was, I mean, the guy owns freaking everything. <laughs> Hundreds of companies and awesome stuff. Um, and you know something else that jumped out at me uh, in that book is the way he underwrites. And it's very similar to real estate, either lending or buying properties, about how he's buying uh, at a discount of current value and how he calculates current value. And then there's uh, cash flow factored in for sure, and then there's also the operator, like the the person running the job, which is just so applicable to what yeah. we do every day here at HMB. Yeah. So if you haven't read that book, check it out. It's either I, I mean, it's a several month read yeah. or listen. I mean, I listened to it. It was oh, forty it. hours or something like that. Yeah. Maybe even longer. So, all right, cool. What else you got? That was a good one. I reread a very well known and old book called The Richest Man in Babylon, um, because again, we were on. Our, our finance thing and just really getting dialed into uh, that side of our business and, and personal lives and everything else. And yeah, some of the <laughs> principles in that book, I mean. That was another one I actually did. I think those are the only two books that we overlap in the entire year. Um, but I, I did listen to that one again. And that one's such an easy listen or a quick read because I think it's, I don't know, two hours. I mean, it's a really, really small quick. book about yeah. cher cherishing money. Um, Richest Man in Babylon was technically a hard money lender. It's uh, part of the things they talk about. So I interesting concept, concepts they talk about, real estate they talk about, being landowners and things like that. So definitely check that out as well. For sure. Um, okay, another one that I read, and this is not directly a business book, but you can certainly apply the lessons in this book to what everyone does, everyone's lives really. It's called, the, uh, it's called Golf is Not a Game of Perfect by Bob Rotella, and it's about um, the psychological mental game in golf, which is a, a super hard sport. I'm not gonna sit here talking about golf the whole time, but one great takeaway from this book is having to do with your own self-talk, the, the things that you say to yourself about who you are, what you do, what you're good at, what you're not good at, greatly influences your outcome and what you can do or things that you uh, hold yourself back from. Yeah. So just the, the things that I would say to myself about you know, maybe I am good at this, maybe I'm not. I've been trying to improve that and not have some kind of negative self-talk that's gonna hinder me in some way. So that, along with some other stuff, was a, a really good takeaway from a golf book, even related to business and everything else. Yeah, I mean, Vertel is number one head head coach um, in golf and <laughs> he's, he's a master at that. I mean, just think about it, I don't know, if you are a golfer, think about, you know, being in a golf tournament with a three-foot putt, a three-foot putt's that long, but, you know, you get nervous over that th you, over that thing, and a lot of that book is when times are tough. You know, going back to the basics and thinking of you know mentally, kind of just bringing yourself back, thinking about you know you making that shot ten times out of ten times in practice. And you know, there's a lot of things in business you know that that are similar that are similar. So it's a good takeaway. So another book that I read that that was an extension of some of the stuff we were working on this year was the five languages of appreciation. Uh, we had a, a group business coach for our whole office, for our whole staff, and you know we were, we were trying as managers and as leaders, we were trying to become better at that on a group sure. setting. And you know as, as crazy as this sounds, like there's a lot of times that 
you know, you try to figure out what motivates people and also ways that you can show your appreciation to people. And I think a lot of people think that it's solely money and that's not necessarily necessarily the case. I mean, money's obviously a big side of that, but that's not always what a big factor of some showing somebody um, that you appreciate them is, you know, for a lot of real estate investors, it could be workmanship or the quality quality of work. There's a lot of other things. The tricky part of showing appreciation to, to a lot of different people is every single person um, wants to be appreciated in a different way. You know, some people may it may just be dollars and cents, and that's it. Some people may just say, "Hey, good job." Some people may can can I can I help you? So, in that book, you know, there was the five languages of appreciation, you know, hence the title of the book. But I learned a lot about different personality types and different ways to, you know, share you know share your value and share your appreciation to staff members, peers, business partners, yourself, spouses, things like that. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to throw in two books by one author that I read this year. I'm about to finish the second one. Um, short reads, both by Ryan Holiday. One is called Ego is the Enemy, and the other one is The Obstacle is the Way. Obstacle is the Way actually became really, really popular amongst uh, NFL coaches and players. And um, so both books uh, use like a storytelling sort of format where Holiday is talking about things that happened in the past that, in essence, illustrate when ego really got in the way of something that could have been great and the opposite too when you know pulling back on that ego and seeing things more clearly led to some great outcomes there and obstacles the way is about the trials and tribulations of people in many different walks of life um, in business and politics and uh, inventor like uh, edison and really really cool stories short book very impactful very popular definitely recommend both of them nice Cool, so again, if you had any books that you recommend to the group, there's a ton of good ones out there. These are just a few that we've read this year and we're gonna continue to uh, do some more next year. So maybe we'll even do another uh, video piece similar to this with add some of the other books that, that we read. But if you have any suggestions or comment below with some of the books that you've read, again, you know, this is all community involvement. You know, it, 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 we find that, very, find that very helpful. We'll continue to do the same. Maybe some other books that we have on our reading list we'll comment below on so we can keep this, keep this thing going. As always, I hope you enjoyed it. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Until next time.